Welcome to Rise Up in Business, the law podcast for small business owners. I'm your host, Tracy Mylacrane. I'm a business lawyer, an entrepreneur, and very much a realist. Rise Up in Business is designed to share with small business owners important legal information and some clever tips and tricks in short and sharp episodes, no legal jargon. With this podcast, I want to empower small business owners to rise up and take control in their business. I'll be here every Wednesday to tell you what you need to know without sending you to sleep. Let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Rise Up in Business podcast. Oh my gosh, this episode is going to be amazing. As you know, this season of the podcast really is all about empowerment. And so in sharing what I share with you all on legals and business and all of all of the rest of the good stuff, I'm also bringing on guests this season who I either work with or I have worked with to add real value to you as well. And today's episode is absolutely no exception to that because today I'm talking to somebody who I not only respect and admire as a businesswoman, but as a human, Erica Kramer, the queen of confidence. Hello. Oh, Tracy. I'm so excited to be here. My face already hurts from smiling. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining me on this podcast. I'm just so grateful that you were able to carve out the time to chat to me. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you. I just love talking to you and I just love watching you and following you and I just know that so many people get so much value out of everything that you share, the truths, the honesty, the raw, all of it, and that's why I wanted to bring you on to chat to my listeners and whilst you and I could talk, I think, honestly for (laughs) days without even trying, today what I really wanted to showcase, and I can speak from personal experience with this because I work with so many business owners and the journey that I went on when starting this business was really challenging and confronting for me because I wanted to do law and help people with what can be really bloody boring, legals in business and, oh, my gosh, who's got time for that? (laughs) But I was just determined to do it in a really refreshing way, in a really uplifting way that empowered people. And My business model is so different to the traditional law firm that I was faced with so much negativity from the profession when I was starting and it took all that I had just to go, no, I believe in this, I believe in what I'm doing, I believe in the value and so I'm going to do it. This is the issue of confidence and who better to talk to about that than you? (laughs) I soldiered on and I didn't know about you then and we we hadn't met and we hadn't connected. But what I've discovered through working with so many business owners is they're not backing themselves. So many people are playing small because they're not taking their leap and they're not doing their thing and they're not really going all in because what if it doesn't work? But the penny dropped for me a little while ago, especially when I connected with you, that doing the work in the personal has a direct impact on the business. People aren't working through their shit. They don't know they've got it. Everyone's got it. And so I wanted to talk to you about that because what you do with women is priceless, not only on a personal level, but on a business level. Do you see this? A hundred million percent. It's so, I think there was a long time ago, some probably man, some old man probably said, business is not personal. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I don't know who said that or why they said that, but it is a lie. 
our business is personal because we're the person in the business, you know, and, and it, if, if we're going through a divorce or something's happened to our child or uh, our parent passes away, something happens in our personal lives, how are we going to show up in our business? Do we even show up in our business? And so, of course, our personal life affects our business. And when we haven't unpacked, unraveled, looked at, dealt with those things, the big things they correlate inside of our business, our ability to make money, our ability to impact others, our ability to grow is all stifled by the lack, the, the, the stories, the beliefs, all the things that we haven't addressed from our lives. So 100%, you're spot on. Why is it though? Why? And, I, and I'm going to talk a little more in my socials and around this podcast to give more on your, your story because, oh, gosh, you know, again, I could talk for days on that. But you talk the talk, you walk the walk. That is integrity through and through, and it's just not common enough. And why is it that you see, or why is it that you think this is what women are doing? They're separating them. I'm either a businesswoman or I'm a mum or I'm a partner, and my personal stuff is separate to my business stuff, but it's actually not separate. This is the light bulb moment. This is the aha moment as I see it. Yeah, I think that we've been taught to like compartmentalize ourselves, you know, and, and right now I'm being professional and I'm even on social media. I had clients in my program that wanted to have two Instagrams, one for personal, one for business. I'm like, why would you want to manage two social media platforms? Like you are the business and you are the person. And so I think in today's world, we really we need to evolve. We need to upgrade the software. We need to change what we've been doing. I think that we learned how to play small. We learned how to be the good girl. You know, we learned how to be a professional in college or in high school or our dad or a mom that was the academic that said, you know, intelligent people do this and you can't do that. And so, so many of the people that I speak to have issues owning their story and sharing their story and being vulnerable and not being professional and being fully expressed in the moment, right? And I think it is because of how we grew up and what we experienced, what we went through. You know, people always like hate going back to childhood trauma, like, oh, is it all from our childhood? And whether you want to call it that or not, the reality is, of course, of course, how you were raised and what you moved through as a small human being impacted your adolescence, impacts your adulthood, impacts your everyday. So whether we like to admit it or not, our childhood and, and our conditions and what we were raised, what we learned, how we were treated or not treated, fully created the person that is you today. And everything you do is because of what you learned and how you grew up. And so if you don't, number one, become aware of that, and then number two, figure out what are those things don't serve you anymore as a grown-up, and start working on them, they will subconsciously run your life, meaning you won't be aware of it and it will run your life and it'll be showing up in your bank account, showing up in your codependent relationships, showing up in your anger, showing up in your victimhood, showing up in your marriage, you know, it shows up. So whether we like to look at it or not, it will show up. Oh my gosh. And that's right. And it's, I think a as a woman in business, for me, it was a permission thing. So very much in my the first part of my legal career, very male-dominated. Litigation, dispute resolution in court, get shit done, put the battle armour on, get out there and do it. There is no time for emotion. There is no time for your moods. There is no time for flat days. No. And it was just expected. So I certainly developed a different exterior to who I really was. I was perceived very much as the office bitch, hard, 
cold, all of those things which I needed to be good at my job and so I thought that was success and haven't I done really great because as women we're taught it. It's not okay to be raw and vulnerable and emotional and all of those things. Yeah, it's like it's not strong, you know. That's exactly right and I see it in my clients. So lots of clients start with me, business women, either starting out or they've been in business for a while but we're still a sole trader because my husband earns enough money, I don't really have to worry or I'm not going to really back myself and set up a proper structure to protect my assets here because it might not work and if it doesn't work, I'm just going to dip my toe in. No judgment. For some people, that's perfectly fine. But for the majority of women that I work with, they actually really are kick-ass. They are really, really capable But they're not working through their personal stuff. And this is the episode I want to share with women like this to say, just go and have a quick listen to Erica. We all have it. It's not a failure. It's not a weakness. And people are seeing, people that I'm working with are seeing it as a weakness or a failure or there's guilt. Oh my gosh. How often do you see women in the sisterhood or in the scale squad that have guilt for prioritizing themselves and wanting to do the work or invest in themselves. Well, it's so funny. I literally have maybe four or five conversations in my Instagram DMs right now of women that are wanting to join the sisterhood, our our life coaching program, and they're ready to do it. And they're like, I just feel bad. I feel bad to spend that money on myself. And I'm not talking, it's not a lot of money. I have a 12 month payment plan. You know, I'm a Puerto Rican chick from the hood. I want it to be viable for students or single mothers. My mom was a single mother. So I'm not saying it's a $10,000 program. I understand that investment is big and you want to, you know, think about it or talk to your husband or whatever. This is a small investment. This is fear for putting yourself first because we almost don't even know what that's like. We've we've spent all our lives looking after someone else, putting them first, that martyrdom, that like, oh, I'll, you go first, honey. It's about you. It's all about you. And secretly, when you're alone, you feel so sorry for yourself and you wish someone would go, hey, are you okay? Like, what about you? We should look after you, mom, or we should look after you, honey. No. And like, who needs to look after you? It's you. And so it's so infuriating and it makes me so sad for those women that feel like they can't invest in themselves. They can't make time for themselves. They have to be flat out workaholics. They have to keep giving to their boss or they have to keep giving to their clients or their kids. You know, this this kind of me last And then we wonder why we're not happy. We wonder why people don't respect us. We wonder why people don't listen to us. We wonder why we don't feel seen and heard. It's like, have you listened to yourself? Have you seen yourself? Have you held space for self? Do you even know that you're not listening to your intuition or you're not tapping into yourself? You haven't sat down and taken a break in who knows how long, you know? And so if we're out of touch with ourselves, how do we expect for other people to be in touch with us? How do we expect for other people to go, hey, you know, Tracy, what can I do for you? Because you're always doing for us. What can we do for you, mom? You know, like no one's going to say that to you because you don't even expect that, number one, and you don't give that to yourself. And we teach people how to treat us, you know? Oh my gosh, that's so true. And on a, on both levels, and I will share quite openly with my listeners as well, I've recently joined your sisterhood because I wanted to prioritise myself and to actually acknowledge that, yeah, I've got stuff too. Everyone's got personal stuff, but it's not a weakness. And that for me was the turning point. And then I, when I realised to actually grab a hold of that and do some work, it's actually facilitated some really open conversations with my husband at home to go, you know what, I just don't want to do this. I just really don't want to do it. But what happens is 
when I have those conversations, he says, oh, fantastic, thanks for telling me, and we actually have a conversation. And guess what? I'm not only am I not doing it anymore, how amazing do I feel that I'm not freaking doing it anymore because it was driving me insane, whatever it might have been. <laughs> I show up in my business on a different level. Yeah. Well, you the have more energy. Yes. That's right. And so it has a direct flow on. And this is the message that I'm really focusing on in this episode for women to say it's actually okay to be treated as the whole person. Um, Yeah, 100%. And I think too, if anybody's listening to this and you're like, oh, I don't have, I had a great childhood. I don't have anything crazy to work on. It's not about having a traumatic childhood. It's not about certainly not comparing yourself to my childhood. I don't even believe that that happened to me sometimes. I look at my life now and I'm like, my life is so boring and it feels perfect and great. Like I love my life. I love my kids. I love my work. I don't need anything. I'm happy. You know, I love my life. And I look at my old life and I'm like, what the hell? It feels like it wasn't even me. Obviously it was me, but it's so unbelievable. So you don't have to have had traumatic back past. You don't have to, literally your mom could have told you, hey, we don't do that. We don't cry. Stop crying. Get it together. You need to put lipstick on. You look fat. Uh, you're not, you're too sensitive or you're too much. Just be quiet. Sit there and be quiet. Like if your mom said any of that shit to you or your dad left or your mom left or your parents got a divorce or the kids at school made fun of you because of your weight or your acne or your partner cheated on you or a friend lied about you, any of this stuff as a child is traumatic. My son is six years old and yesterday he went to school all day and then he went to aftercare and then he had karate. And I was making dinner going, fuck, he's six years old. I'm fucking tired. And just thinking about his day, he just went back to school. I think about it as a 38-year-old woman. Oh, he's probably so happy. If I pretend to be six years old, that is a massive day. And that is full on. And that is exhausting. And there's a lot of emotions. So when you tap into your younger self, which some people can't even access their younger selves because their memories are gone. When you tap into young Tracy and young Erica and little us, that's hard for her. She feels excluded. She feels not good enough. She feels insignificant. And that shit, that little you that feels that is still inside of you as a grown up. And if you do not listen to her and address her and question that and work with her, she will subconsciously run your life. She will say, no, don't get on Instagram stories. You're going to look like a dickhead. Oh, no, don't put that offer out there. People aren't going to buy it. Oh, no, don't do that. Oh, no, ask permission. Oh, no, don't speak up. That's her. That's your younger you that was wounded as a child and you never recuperated her. You never went and listened. No one listened to her. And she still subconsciously makes decisions. So eight-year-old you is about to get on the stories going, oh, my God, that's so dangerous. Yeah, it's dangerous to eight-year-old but you're not eight years old anymore. And so if you can act like it doesn't run your life, it still impacts you right now. This is the priceless light bulb moment. This is a conversation that you were having with someone on your stories and I heard it and I was like, holy shit, is it actually okay for me to admit that I feel like that or that or that and and for it to be okay? It was this permission thing. And so since... And I got really excited because since I've owned it and since I've worked up the courage to work on it and face it and, and work it through, the up-leveling in not only my life, my business, in all of it has been amazing. So I want to almost like scream it from the rooftops Yay! and shatter to everybody and say, this is the work to do. And so many of my, not so much the male business clients I've got, but the, the women in business who are doing all of those things and holding themselves back and not putting themselves forward and not prioritizing themselves. I I'd almost want to shove your new book down their throat and just go, just start here, <laughs> start here. It Please. is so good. <laughs> 
because this is the message. Can I say, Tracy, too, like, if that's you, if you're listening to this and you're like, that's me, I'm, I'm, I'm blocking myself, or I don't know how, a simple thing to do is you get a piece of paper or a receipt, a napkin, doesn't matter. If you got a pen, you can write it on your hand. But ask yourself, why am I not doing the thing that I know I need to do or that I want to do? Just go, why? Ask yourself why. And if you go, I don't know, just sit there, close your eyes, feel in. Why am I not showing up on my stories? Why am I not sharing that offer? Why am I not telling my husband I want to quit my job and do my business? Why am I not approaching that difficult client? Whatever. Whatever it is, why? And just see what comes. It's a simple, you know, self-inquiry. Why? You may be so shocked if you really let yourself write it without your head. Well, this is why, because no, really tap into yourself, like close your eyes, hold your heart, whatever you need to do. Take a minute to really tap into you. Like why, why you will get this answer and it will show you because I'm, I'm worried that they're going to make fun of me because I'm worried I'll be rejected because I'm worried someone will say, no, what if I fail? What all the fear comes out. And I'm not saying, uh, fear is great, but I'm saying if you keep suppressing it and pretending it's not there, but you know it's there because you're not doing the thing you want to do, it's not getting a voice. So let the fear speak. Let the fear talk to you. Write it on paper. It's just paper, right? Byron Katie, who I love, is like, it's a war on paper. You just write all the shit on the paper, how you feel, and then you look at it and go, no wonder I'm not hitting my financial goals. No wonder I'm attracting these terrible clients. No wonder. Okay, you just get awareness. Don't even do anything about it. Just look at it and go, I'm not crazy. <laughs> this is just because I'm thinking this. This is why. Like the gift you can give yourself right now, if you're listening to this and you don't know where to start, that's one place where you can inquire and ask why. And then you can truly know that you do have a fear of success or you do have a fear of failure or you do have a comparison jealousy thing going on. Fantastic. You're like, why is that fantastic? And I'm like, it's fantastic because at least you know what's going on. Now, with the knowledge, you can work on it. If you don't have the knowledge, there's nothing to work on. And the next thing you can do after that, if you want some inspiration on what the value is of knowing, is read your book or listen to your book. Like <laughs> I'm actually got the audio version. The book is Confidence Feels Like Shit. And I'm going to include the link in the show notes with all of your other links here as well. But that is the second step. Just that. And I just know, I'm already listing in my head, I know the people who are going to be listening to this right now just going, oh, my gosh, that's me, and to work up the courage to sit down and do that little exercise of just writing yes. it down. And that's why, that's the value I wanted to bring, and, and that's the light I wanted to shine. You are the best. And thank you for thank you for sharing vulnerably. Thank you for putting yourself out there and going, I'm going to walk the plank first, and then I'm going to take all my clients with me. And as you said, the beauty of you on, and it, here's the thing, nothing's wrong with us, by the way. There's nothing wrong with you. No one's fixing you. No one joined the sisterhood to be fixed. You know, no one's broken. There are things that happened. And because of what happened, we just created this mask or this behavior that's not great, you know? So it's like, because of that, now I don't show up or I don't speak up or I people please. So nothing's wrong with us. But what I feel like you've done and the beautiful thing about you now and anybody who works with you in the future coming forward is like, you're experiencing this for yourself. Now you're going to learn stuff. You're going to get the awareness. You're going to action and implement it. And then everyone in the future who you take and all of your current clients, you can share that depth with them that other people who haven't walked that plank can't share it. They just can't. We can talk about it, but walking it is different to 
watching someone walk it or explaining what a plank looks like or feels like. It's like, walk it. It's scary. You know, you're so nervous and you're doing that. And by you doing that, you're going to be, well, how are you going to mother now? How are you, what kind of wife, what kind of best friend, what kind of human in society are you going to be? And what kind of amazing coach, what kind of amazing clients, like your, your clients are going to benefit from it. So it's like when we work on ourselves on any area of our lives, we become better and we actually change the world because who you touch, who you speak to is going to be like directly impacted from the work that you did on yourself. So it's like the most incredible thing. It's not selfish. It's like it's selfless. And that's a turning point too. That distinction is huge. And I was actually only on the weekend was grappling with selfishness again. I just want some time out to do this, but it's the weekend and I feel really guilty. And I was able to flip it around and go, actually, no, I'm going to be a better person in half an hour. Yes. Just give me this time to work on this. Mummy will be happy, okay? That's right. <laughs> That's right. And it had the ripple effect is so real. And I just feel so privileged to have met you and connected with you to be able to go on this journey with you. So thank you. And thank oh, you, you for joining me on this episode. I'm so grateful. I have three quick questions for you, which I'm asking all of my guests in this season. Three quick questions to finish off this episode. Are you ready? I'm ready. What is the best business advice you have received? Oh, the best business advice I've received, which I never wanted to listen to, was who are you helping and what is the problem you're solving? I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure you know, have no idea. I help all the women. Who do you help? Oh, they're 25 to 65 and they hate their bodies. I'm like, that's not a who. That's a thing. Who do you help? What's the person and then what's the problem you solve? If you don't have that clear, literally it's like a shaky foundation and you're trying to build a master bedroom with an ensuite. And I'm like, who cares? <laughs> the foundation is shaky and it's not going to happen. So best business advice is know who you help, like life coach, dentist, lawyer, mother, working mother. And then what problem do you solve? What is their problem? I love that. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. What is the worst business advice you have received? Oh, uh, don't leave money on the table. Stop leaving money on the table. Oh, I hate when men say that. Why do men say that? <laughs> oh, that is so good. You're right, though. It happens all the time. I, it's like if it's my money, I won't leave it. And if that's my client, she will work with me. And if she's not, she won't. Like, I hate that leave money on the table because it really makes me feel gross. Like, I have to get it versus I want to work and it's a co-creation and we manifested each other or we attracted each other. Not manifested. We attracted each other. So I hate that advice. <laughs> love. Oh, I love that. I love that you shared that. And the last one in the business context, what advice would you give to your younger self? And I said business context because, oh, my God, you could have given your younger self so much advice. Oh, um, I would have given her a hug. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give her a hug. And then I would have said build and nurture an email list. Because all of our money we made on Instagram, we made about $500,000 on Instagram. I didn't have funnels. I didn't have ads. I didn't have an email list. And if Instagram would have crashed, having all of my eggs in a platform that's external to my email list, to my pond, is a bad idea. And so moving forward in the future or past me, I would have said, cool, take all those amazing people and put them in your email and just talk to them on email, not just on stories, Erica, so that you actually can build a relationship with those people and they're your people because they're in your list. And that's something I would have done. If I would have done that, it would have been great. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's so valuable. That's so valuable. Thank you for answering oh, those. You. Thank you again for joining me today. I'm so grateful. Thank you for having me. And thank you for your vulnerability and doing this amazing work because you are awesome and we love you.
Thank you. And for anyone who's listening, all the ways to contact Erica are going to be in the show notes, including the link to the book that I recommend to everyone. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for today's episode. Short and sharp, just like I promised. If you liked the episode, please be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. And I would be most grateful if you would leave a review on Apple Podcasts. As always, remember to keep your business legals in order with my annual legal checklist. You can grab your free copy by heading over to my website, tmsolicitor.com.au forward slash checklist. I'll catch you next week. Thanks so much for listening.